Hello, everyone. Thank you for listening in today. Today, we have Stacy from、um, Rotman Commerce. She's in her fourth year, and I'll have her introduce herself. Hello. How's it going? Thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited to be here today and to chat with everyone.、Um, I guess I can start with a quick intro about me. So, as Karen mentioned, I'm Stacy. I'm in my fourth year here at the Rotman Commerce program. I'm also the co-founder and host of the Business Casual podcast, which I know we're going to talk a lot about this episode, so I don't want to spoil it all now. But yeah, I'm really interested in marketing and branding. So post grad, I'll be working at Molson Coors as an assistant marketing manager. So going into the CPG route. And just been super involved here on campus. I love extracurriculars. I love being involved. So, yeah, it's like a little bit about me. And I know we're gonna talk more about business casual. So I won't intro that just yet. Yeah, thank you so much. So,、um, as you're talking about business casual, so we just kind of want to know why you started the podcast in the first place and how you had the idea of starting this podcast. Yeah, for sure. So I guess it kind of starts first year in May. Obviously March. Covid hit. I was kicked out of res, moved back home. It was the end of my first year, and I was feeling really lost. wasn't really sure what I was doing. I didn't know what career path I wanted to explore. I was at that time exploring going into accounting, thinking about marketing, tech. I was just kind of all over the place. And so, I had a meeting with a career advisor, and they had kind of mentioned like, "Oh, if you're interested in tech, it'd be really good if you start your own." Thing and I was always very entrepreneurial, but I never had a good idea for a business, so never thought about starting my own business per se. And he had mentioned that I'm a really strong speaker and a good communicator, so maybe I could consider doing a podcast. And at this time, I'm not sure if you're familiar, but、um, the whole call her daddy had scandal had happened, and Alex Cooper had just signed like the sixty million dollar deal with Spotify. And so that had kind of caught my attention the summer before, and I'd always kind of started thinking about. Pod- Sorry, that was the summer of COVID. So I was always kind of thinking about podcasts, and that's what kind of caught my eye. Is like, oh, this is an industry that's blowing up, and I love listening to podcasts. So I kind of planted the seed in my head, but I didn't act on it. I waited and sat on the idea for like three, four months because I wasn't really sure how to start. Like. What I would even talk about on a podcast, I had no ideas. I just knew, okay, maybe I will start a podcast. And then around July, or end of June, beginning of July, we were still peak pandemic. I was doing summer school. I was super bored, and a lot of my friends had been asking me about my first year, and I was kind of reflecting on it. And I realized that I had so many awesome opportunities to connect with women. Through networking, through the program, and I was having really valuable conversations. And a lot of my friends were asking me, like, "How do you have these conversations? Like, how do I get a coffee chat? How do you reach out to people on LinkedIn?" And I was like, "Oh, it's too bad I can't record my own conversations and put them online for all my friends to listen to." And that's kind of what sparked my initial thought of, "Oh, this should be an interview-based podcast. I can interview different women who are very successful in their careers or have done." Gone untraditional career paths, and I started doing research, and I just couldn't find a podcast that I had in my head that was already out there. And even though there were a lot of business podcasts, that's a question I get a lot. Like, there's so many business podcasts. How do you differentiate yourself? There were no podcasts. One highlighting female voices, but also from the perspective of a twenty-year-old in the age of a pandemic, no one was asking the questions that I wanted to have the answers to. Like, no one was asking how to navigate the job market. In this day and age, no one was asking like, what struggles did you face. Like, just no one was asking the questions that I really cared about. So, I was like, okay, I think I'm onto something here. I then recruited my sister. We have very different skill sets. I'm very much more hands-on. I like talking to people. I like meeting people. 
I just love like organization and my sister is very good at graphic design. She's like self-taught on all of the Adobe programs. She knew how to like edit the podcast. She was super good at branding and she's also a computer science major now. So she also knew how to like code our website and do all these other creative <laughs> things that I was not able to do on my own. So I brought her on and we kind of started brainstorming. I have to say though, when I first started it, I thought it was going to be like a 10 episode project. I thought it was going to be something I did during the summer, during COVID. September was going to start. I was going to go back to school and kind of just, it was a passion project for that time. Mm-hmm. Never in my wildest dreams did I imagine like three years later, we're coming up on three years in the summer, that I would still be doing it and that it's grown to what it is and that we'd have almost a thousand followers on Instagram and we've produced almost 50 episodes now. Like that's never what I envisioned, but I am so happy that that's what it's come to be now. It's my favorite project. I'm super passionate about it. I like, love podcasting so much. So that's kind of the backstory of how it started. Wow. Um, thank you so much for sharing. So as you were saying, like how you, you thought it was a side project and like a passion project, um, like currently we're now in person. So how do you balance between like your podcast project, your academics, also like recruitment and everything? Yeah, it's definitely tough. I think being virtual really helped balance the podcast because I could schedule a recording whenever. I was always home, so if a guest was only available for one hour on a random Wednesday, chances are I was at home because my school was at home, there was no social events, there was no recruiting events in person, everything was online. This past semester, I find being fully back in person, because even last year, most of my courses were online, it's been a totally different ballgame, and like, my schedule has been very crazy. I know I mentioned to you before I started filming, like, today I'm filming this, and then I have a bunch of meetings for the podcast, and then tonight I'm going to an event for... Um, work so like I am out all day and there's actually no chance to record I think one thing is just being super flexible with my guests so trying my best to make things work I think I have to prioritize their schedule over mine so if it comes to recording the podcast like that's obviously putting the guest schedule first is a priority Mm -hmm. the other thing is just prioritizing my own life and like learning to say no to things unfortunately like I just cannot do everything as much as I want to do everything and I get into these habits sometimes of saying yes to so many things and my schedule is packed saying no to things is really important another thing that's really helped me is utilizing all the time I have in a day I'd always find myself if I have 45 minutes till class starts I'd be like oh it's I don't have enough time to start something or if there's an hour between classes I'm kind of just like oh I'll just like walk to the Starbucks get a coffee like chit chat with my friends I've realized now I need to use all the time possible especially when I'm already in school mode like if there's an hour break between classes it's actually a really good time for me to sit down and do all my emails for the day or sit down and do my readings for tomorrow's classes like utilize that time because if I spend the whole day not using that 45 minutes between classes or an hour between classes or 30 minutes between meetings I'm just wasting so much time during the day then I get home and I'm staying up all night trying to finish my work so it seems like a really novel thing but if you have 30 minutes between classes or an hour between classes really try and focus try it for a week to do work between in that small period of time Mm -hmm. rather than like waiting for a big block of time to start doing your work and I found that's really helped me just get more things done during the day so I have more time to do things that I actually want to do like my podcast or like even just going out for dinner with friends or visiting my boyfriend like whatever it might be Mm -hmm. that's kind of helped me keep track of everything so it's hard though and I mean I think being students it's not easy balancing everything we have to do and it's, it's easy to get overwhelmed so also recognizing 
that it's okay to be overwhelmed and lean on people for support and ask for questions or ask for help when you need help. Like, don't be shy to recognize when you're being overworked or burnt out. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Um, so, as you said, like being burnt out and stuff, like, have you ever talked to like young professionals in the business world or even just like professional in the business world and how um, you connect with them in, um, in life or in work or in a career um, that helps you to keep afloat in this kind of over- overwhelming kind of career path and world? 100%. I lean on people around me for support all the time. I think being in Rotman, like, the RC community is really strong from what I've experienced. Mm-hmm. I'm in the Robin Commerce Student Association, so that's a really strong group of students, and that's like a small community I've found. So I always am leaning on them for support, whether it's, hey guys, I'm struggling with this, like they don't have any advice, or uh, just recently we were doing a survey for um, something new we're doing with the podcast, and so I needed people to complete the survey. And I know for sure if I send it in the group chat, everyone's going to answer it. Also, like mentorship not in a formal way through professionals, but even just with upper years, Mm -hmm. has been so valuable through my time at RC. One student, she graduated now, she was my director at Rotman Commerce Student Association, and we became really good friends. She helped me with job applications. She would always look over my emails if I was following up with an employer. Um, If I didn't know what courses to take, she was honestly there for anything I needed, personal or professional. Mm -hmm. So I think having strong friends and mentors in your network who maybe are a couple years older than you, so they've already gone through what you're going through, is so, so, so valuable. And they're honestly usually willing to help. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know for me, I'm always willing to help younger students. So if anyone listening is like looking for an upper year mentor, feel free to reach out. I'm always happy to help. But, you know, if you're in a, if you're a third year taking a fourth year class, I'm sure there's fourth years in that class who would be interested in helping you. Or if you have questions, you could probably go to them. But I think having and building a network, and that's something I emphasize a lot and we talk about on my podcast, but understand that your network, like they say, net worth is your network, and or what's the network is equal to net worth? Yes, that's what <laughs> I think the, the quote is, but it's so valuable having people in your corner supporting you, and it doesn't always have to be professional. It could also be mm-hmm. personal. It could also be just someone to go get coffee with and study, someone to do something fun if you have someone in Rotman or just at U of T in general or just in your community that maybe plays the same sport as you and you guys join a a league every Sunday and you go play. That's like an, also a great way to build your network and mm-hmm. just build deeper connections with people outside of just work. Because also sometimes people just don't want to talk about work all the time. Yeah, of course. People love talking about other things um, and it's easier to connect sometimes. So mm-hmm. that would be my advice with that. Yeah, I feel like you ha- you just have to step out of your comfort zone, right? And you realize how many opportunities there are out there. Um, I don't know, that's just my two cents. No, 100%. <laughs> you always have to. I think when I'm asked, like, what's one piece of advice to give people, it's always the worst people can, well, the worst thing that can happen if you ask is that people will say no. Mm-hmm. So if, let's say, you want to start a podcast and you ask people to be on your show or you ask people if this is a good idea and they say, no, it's not really a good idea or no, I don't want to be on your podcast, nothing has changed. Like, you're in the yeah. same position if you hadn't asked. But chances are, like, nine times out of ten, they're going to be like, yeah, I'd love it or such a good idea. Like, I'd love to listen to your podcast or I would love to be a guest on the show and the same was like with courses. If you're having an issue with a course and you go up to a prof and say, you know, I'm really struggling. Can I get an extension? Yeah, they might say no. But if you never ask, you'll never know the answer. And mm-hmm. there's a chance if you ask, they, they're going to say yes. Yeah. So putting yourself in new situations, like going outside your comfort zone, like asking for help, that's really what's going to help you in any aspect from what I've found. And that's like kind of been the biggest like lesson I've learned over the last four years. That's very true. Like I also am fourth year, so I kind of like – 
totally get like on the same boat as you. And yeah. then I also like recently I read a book. It's called um, The Subtle Way of Not Giving a f- <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it literally says that vulner- vulnerability is kind of like a way of showing confidence because you're willing to ask for help. And that actually shows that you're more confident in the skills that you have. And it doesn't actually show that you're weak. It shows that you have the courage to ask people for help when you need it. So I think it's very important that you realize that asking for help isn't a part of it isn't a weakness it's actually like showing that you're confident and um actually like i don't know um building kind of like your network like you said yeah no i'm in rsm 310 right now which is a special topics and management course mm-hmm. with dan richards and we do a lot of like a lot of our lectures and discussion based in classes talking about persuasion how to be an effective communicator how to build your network how to make friends in the workplace how to be a better friend how to be a better listener etc etc it's a really great course and one of the things we talk about is actually when you ask for help people like you more because mm-hmm. they feel like you want you value their advice you value their opinion and you want to include them in your life whereas if you and i mean it sounds counterintuitive when you say that, like people like you more when you ask for their help. But then if you think about if you're very cocky and you have an attitude where you think you know everything or, you know, you're very, very overconfident. And when you are maybe working on a group project, you never ask for anyone else's opinion, you don't ask for their help. Most of the time, if I'm describing that type of person, you're not really going to like that person and you maybe aren't going to feel connected to them you don't feel like they like you you don't really feel like there's a strong connection whereas if you're very open and including people asking for help those people feel connected to you and they want to help you they want to be your friend they want to be and they feel that they're closer to you so it's kind of a weird counterintuitive thought when you think about it but it does make sense and so people literally like you more if you ask for their help yeah. so don't be shy to ask for their help mm-hmm. yeah it can- Totally. I uh, completely agree. Okay, I'm just going to move on to the next part and um, kind of like go into like um, asking you about like your podcast experience and um, what are some different like characteristics and traits that you see from these um, women professionals um, from the uh, that student. Sorry, let me scratch that. Um, so what are some characteristics and some traits that you see from the professionals that you interviewed that stood out to you? Such a good question. It's so tough to like pinpoint one characteristic. We've had a lot of different women from very different walks of life. Mm-hmm. And that's something we also try and promote on the podcast. I found that a lot of times at Rotman or just being in business school, you hear about the same career paths a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, consulting, going into the big four for accounting, getting your CPA, you know, going into investment banking, private equity. In marketing, it's like there's brand marketing. That's all we really hear about, like management consulting, tech consulting. And I'm not saying those careers are terrible. Those are great careers. Like, And I myself is going to brand management, one of the very popular ones. But I think there's also so many other careers out there that we just don't get exposed to enough or explore mm-hmm. enough. And so with a lot of the guests also, and not all of them, but some of them have really unique career paths. I'll give a quick example of um, Ingrid Roger, who was recently on our show. She grew up in Paris. She moved to Canada after her undergrad. She be in commercial banking. She got a job in Montreal. She was in banking. She was doing great in her career, had a great manager, was making great network. She had moved up the corporate ladder. She was about five years into her career. The next step was to get an MBA and kind of just keep moving up in commercial banking. She was doing really well. She loved it. Like There was nothing that she didn't like about the job. But it just wasn't something she was passionate about. Growing up in Paris, she loved fashion. 
And so to make a long story short, she ended up applying for an MBA program back in Paris and she did her MBA in luxury fashion and luxury brand management. She's now worked with brands like Pat McGrath, Chanel, Gucci, just to name a few, and now has carved her own career and she actually has her own consulting company. She works with these big fashion brands and helps them with their EDI initiatives, helping them with um, putting together plans to be more diverse and a lot of fashion trends come from different cultures that aren't recognized. So how we can recognize those cultures that are being used in fashion today. So it just, she could have never imagined that 10 years ago, that's what she would be doing because she was working commercial banking. Yeah. And I find that with a lot of our guests, what the career they end up doing is nothing they imagined. Sometimes it's not even related to what they studied, but having an open mind, and like we just said, taking risks has been the most important part of their career. And so a lot of them reemphasize this idea of be open-minded, stay hungry, always, always, always walk into a room and want to know about every single person in that room. Always be trying to learn from everyone you meet. Um, another thing is, yeah, like I said, be open-minded, take risks, ask questions. And again, about networking, just really trying to make connections. And you never know how a connection is going to pan out down the road. Mm -hmm. You know, you might meet someone in your first year who 10 years down the road ends up giving you a job because you've had the connection for over 10 years. You just never know. And so a lot of the guests just reemphasize that you really always be professional, stay mm -hmm. open-minded, and, and build long-lasting relationships because you just never know what yeah. happens down the road and, like, what the future is going to bring. So mm -hmm. it, it's tough to, like, pinpoint, but I think those are some of the common themes we see in a lot of our episodes. We talk a lot about networking, a lot about imposter syndrome. So those are some of the highlights. I mean, I think the episode with Ingrid's a really great one. If you're feeling really unsure and you're not sure what to do post-grad or you're really not sure what your career is going to look like, I think she gives some really great advice to just embracing the unknown and not being shy to switch careers or follow your passions. Mm -hmm. I hope that answers your question. Yeah, of course. Um, I think that's really helpful for our listeners as well. And also, like, in the RC community, right, um, I think a lot of the first and second years, they're still searching for um, their career path, whatever. Um, and I think um, sometimes we're limited to this kind of box that RC yes. has given us. Um, and I think um, being open-minded and also being professional, I think that's important too. Like, even if you're in clubs, you know, upper years can be, you know, in the same company as you down the road, right? Yeah. So um, if you slack off now, you know, how, how, how are they going to think of you, you know, a few years down? Are they still going to trust you? I think being professional is being responsible for what, you, what you're actually, like, passionate about. I think it's really important. Yeah, and even just being friends with everyone and, mm -hmm. you know, not cutting ties – trying to be as friendly as possible. And I'm not saying be fake. Like You should always be authentic and be you. But just you never know how your relationship with someone is going to turn out. Again, like five, like you just said, you might walk into a job interview and someone that you were on an RC club with is the one interviewing you. Maybe you didn't show up to any events when you were in that RC club. Or like maybe you just were really overwhelmed in school and, you know, maybe you didn't really make an effort to reach out to them. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But that's a missed opportunity now because now you're in a spot where if you guys have been friends when you were in RC or if you had been, you know, nice and gone to the events and like made that connection, maybe you would have had a better chance getting the job. And not even everything is about getting a job. Mm -hmm. It can even just be about advice or maybe you're going to need help down the road. Maybe you're going to start your own business. All the people that know you are going to want to support you and support you in this new business venture. So mm -hmm. it's just really good practice to make sure you're not cutting ties, be super friendly, be open-minded because you just never know how a connection is going to turn out down the road. Yeah, of course. Um, 
fully agree. Um, the next question I have for you is, um, what are some like challenges or issues that you feel like it still exist um, in the business world or for women in general in the business field and things that we can improve on? Yeah, it's a tough question. I think it's a really loaded question. There's so many ways you can attack it. And one thing I've always, when a lot of people have asked me, like, you know, why do you only focus on women on your podcast? Or, you know, what was the driver to to do that? And they're in the top business podcasts right now in the world, mm-hmm. only 11% are hosted by women, which means if 100 business podcasts exists, only 11 of them have female voices guiding those conversations. That's an insanely low number to me. And that's where I think not getting, you know, into exact challenges or like issues in the workplace. I just think there's still a lack of female voices at the table and not even just female, but like minorities at the table. Yes, I think there's been a shift and companies are slowly starting to realize this. I mean, just the other day I was looking at a company that I was super interested in and they had offices all around the world. They were a huge marketing agency. And I was like, oh, this is such, such a cool company. And I always automatically am like, oh, maybe I can have someone from their company on the podcast. Mm-hmm. So I went to their team on the website and I scrolled down and in the European countries, and they have some offices in Asia, they had a few women on their executive board of directors because only they had on their website. Mm-hmm. In North America, they had maybe 20 men, not one woman was on the board really? of directors. And automatically, I'm just like, to me, this says something about the company. Mm-hmm. The fact there's no minorities or female voices at the table just shows that they might not be as diverse and their ideas might be as diverse and where the company's going five years down the road might not be as innovative mm-hmm. since they don't have these minorities at the table expressing their views and opinions. And so I just i am very passionate that we should have everyone at the table and everyone should have an option to have their voice heard. We had another great conversation on Business Casual last year with um, Alexis Robinson, who is the head of security governance or governance security for Amazon Web Services. So she has a huge role in making sure that any government documents that is being put through Amazon Web Services is secure and safe. Mm -hmm. And she's a huge advocate for diversity, equity, and inclusion. And I just think I can't say better than she did in that episode. So not to like promote my own podcast again but I do recommend going to listen to it because she has just talked a lot about how when she has an opportunity to be in a a position of power she's always looking around her being like who is not represented here and how can I get them to this table and I think that's just a mindset that I want to implement in myself and I want to pass on to others who listen to my podcast is like if you're in a position of power how can you make sure you're advocating for everyone who's not at the table because if they're not there their voices aren't being heard but if you're there you can make their voices heard And so I think that's one thing that is still a challenge that people face in the workplace. I think you can even go as far as like ageism and people who are younger, you know, their voices aren't being heard at the top. And I think that's something that Gen Z is doing a really good job of. Our voices are being heard across the world because we're a very vocal Mm -hmm. age group. And that's great. And I hope we don't change that. And I think, you know, for anyone listening that's a Rotman student, maybe you're entering the workforce in a few years. As you get to the workplace and you realize that there are voices missing at the top, like what, how are you going to change that? Like, how are you going to have conversations with those in your workplace to like challenge that and ask like, why are there no 
women in our senior leadership. Like, ask the companies you're working for, like, what's their plan to change that? I think just being aware and not being afraid to ask those type of questions is what's going to help. And again, just making sure if you are in a position of power, you're advocating for everyone who's not at that table with you. That's such a long-winded answer. There's so many things you could talk about there. But I think that's, you know, one thing that I get asked a lot about the podcast when we're having conversations is a theme that's come up a lot. So hopefully that kind of helps answer answer the question yeah of course I think that was really helpful and informative I think um like right now we really want to focus on like diversity equity and like inclusion but um what is our path on getting there or yeah. is it just the surface level are we actually achieving that I think it's something that we should all kind of think about and ponder on right for sure mm-hmm. so um some few last questions that I have for you is um, what kind of other advices that um, to RC students or business students in general that you have as a fourth year Rotman student um, or anything that we didn't touch on that you want to add on? I think one thing I haven't mentioned yet, and it's if you know me, you know I'm a huge advocate for is LinkedIn. LinkedIn is such a powerful tool. If you're not on LinkedIn or you don't actively use it, I think you're missing out. There are, you have connections and you have millions of business people at your fingertips. So it's a great way even just to follow company pages. There's newsletters you can get on LinkedIn. Being up to date in an industry you maybe want to go in or even just learning more. I'm recently just started exploring the idea of going into venture capitalism. I don't even know what the word is, but going into more VC funding. And so there's a cool company that I found in New York and they were like some of the first investors in Glossier and Birdies, which are like these waterproof shoes that are pretty popular. Uh, and Faded, which is a Sephora brand, like brands that I really love, they were the first investors in them. So I'm like, oh, this is a cool company. Maybe I'd love to work for them. So now I've followed them on LinkedIn. I connected with someone that works for the company and I get their newsletter every week. So even though I'm not actually pursuing a career in that field, I still want to know what's going on. I want to follow this company, see if maybe one day it aligns with my goals. Okay, that's one way. Just promoting yourself and having your own accomplishments on there is a great way. It's, it's literally your digital resume. It's way better than a resume. You can be way more creative. Mm-hmm. So that's another avenue you can use LinkedIn. Just networking, getting to know students at Rotman. If I see a Rotman student, I connect with them right away. Even though I don't know them, it's like we are have something in common. And again, down the road, we might be working at the same company. We already have a commonality or similarity. We work, we write Rotman together. So I want to connect with them and like get to know them and see where they end up. And then, obviously, if you're looking for jobs, it's a great way to connect with recruiters, to get your name out there. If you're having an interview, look at your interviewer's LinkedIn profile. I think another thing that I've heard a lot on my podcast is students sometimes just don't take enough time to do their research. Mm -hmm. So if you're going in for a coffee chat, do your research. You will show up and be remembered 10 times more if you do your research and have a productive conversation rather than going in there with no idea what you want to talk about and just, like, being there for the sake of doing it or doing it for the sake of doing it. So I think LinkedIn is a really great tool. I think do your research, be prepared, be punctual. If someone sent you a message on LinkedIn, follow up. Or if you send an email and you don't hear a response within two, three weeks, follow up. You know, I think being punctual and following up is something that a lot of students don't do. And it's something that I think I found a lot of success with. So make sure you follow up. And like I said before, have an open mind, ask questions. You're only a student for four or five years, so take advantage of that title because as soon as you're not a student anymore, you can't go back to being a student having that title. People are way more willing to help students than just like a random person who works at a different company than them. So use your student title to your advantage. 
All right. Thank you so much. I think that basically covers um, all the questions we're curious and we want to ask. And um, if anyone's interested in um, connecting with Stacy more, um, like her, like she said, um, LinkedIn or even emailing her or finding the Business Casual podcast Instagram to like send her a DM, I think um, she'd be willing to help out and give you some advice as well. Um, thank you so much, Stacy, for coming today. Thank you so much. It's so much fun. And yes, if you ever need anything, feel free to reach out. Always happy to chat. And yeah, thank you so much. It was so much fun. Thank you.